Welcome back to Teaching the Unteachables, where we dive into methods for teaching and learning for professionals like you. To learn more about programmatic accreditation and the benefits of it, visit escogroup.org and select accreditation. All right, thank you all for joining us. We're hanging out with Dennis Sukup, the accreditation team specialist here at HVAC Excellence. And we are, um, we're taking the time to talk about that process of the application and review of a program to become accredited. So there's, um, there's five primary steps, wouldn't you say, Dennis? Uh, yes, there are, Clifton. Uh, when, you, when you look at the process, the application, there's five areas of things that you need to be concerned about in order to be ready, submit, and uh, start to uh, schedule your site visit. Okay, so within the, the accreditation manual, so we have a couple of pages that kind of starts out that process. So in, in the manual that I'm looking at, it's page six and seven. And what we discuss is, uh, you know, the introduction to it is the following instructions will provide an approximate time frame for each step of the accreditation process. Depending upon the response time, the process may be completed in as little as 90 days or can take as long as six months. So in general, is, is that a pretty decent reference? Well, yes, yes it is, Clifton. And you know, in some cases, you know, and I get a call, talk to a lot of people about they're ready or they think they're ready and they're a little bit overwhelmed uh, when they see the actual process or they start looking into those pages that you're talking about. Right. And, and then, there, then there sets into a fear factor uh, because sometimes it's, a, it's an industry professional like myself who worked in the industry 40 plus years, you know, and then found myself in the system of higher education. And then here you are receiving these uh, these instructions or the idea that you want to take your program through accreditation. And, and for a one person, a program officer or instructor, if you will, it starts to look a little overwhelming. Kind of daunting. Yeah. Yes. Until you figure out how to break it down into, as we say, you know, how do you eat that elephant in the room? one bite at a time. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, if we think about the whole intent of accreditation, you know, let's think about the purposes of moving your program from, you know, a successful existing program into an accredited program. What are the, what are the benefits of doing this? Well, you know, some of the things, and we all realize that we have great programs, but some of the benefits are, are one, let's think about the students. They get to graduate from an accredited program. So this becomes something that's very powerful in their there's resume. Value to it. When they're, right, when they're seeking employment. You know, I, I am an employer here in Nevada. And when you're looking for employees and you see they've graduated from accredited program, you have a, an expectation of what their knowledge and background is. Uh, for the schools, uh, one of the benefits just for the schools alone is, is many times there are particular grants or federal funding and things that come along the way of the grants office for uh, financial funding to gain more equipment. Uh, and one of the first questions those organizations ask is, are you an accredited program? Do you have that seal of approval, if you will, from that disinterested third party? You know, and that's what HVAC excellence becomes. We're a third party that takes a deep dive into that program to see if it meets those standards. So we're evaluating a program to make sure that has, you know, uniform consistency across the country. You know, it's funny you say that because in one of the talks that I give when I speak to the students during an accreditation visit, and I always ask, do you know why I'm here? Right. And of course, they, they usually do not. 
And when I talk about the accreditation and, and what's it mean, and I always give them the McDonald's example, if you will, that we want that cheeseburger in San Francisco to be the same cheeseburger in Miami, Florida. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Meaning that that student, we have an expectation that the quality of education coming from that student is the same across the country. It meets the standard to get into the workforce, what the employers are looking for. I'd have no fear if a student came to me from Ivy Tech in Indiana with a diploma and I realize they are an accredited program and I have an expectation of their knowledge and their background. Okay. I mean, I would think that that would be the goal for every program is to, you know, to meet that bar, to have that consistency, to be recognized as a industry standard. So in, in doing that, let's, let's talk about these five primary steps. So I've decided that, or my department has decided that we would like to seek accreditation. So step one is uh, an application and a program video. Yes, the, the application is not very difficult. It's maybe one, two pages of uh, some simple questions and simple things to be filled out. And in the last, oh, I want to say year or two, we've added the process of the program video. Now, that's not to take anything into fear. We're not looking for a television broadcast, major production. It's simply walking with your iPhone, if you will, right. and covering those items that are listed there on page six, letting us take a look at your laboratory, just do a walkthrough and show some of your equipment, your trainers, show some of your safety, your fire extinguishers, shunt switches, perhaps even the ventilation system that's that's uh, removing the air from that lab, and then even uh, some of your tool room and recording instruments, vacuum pumps and so forth, where you store your refrigerant and your combustible gases. That's basically, again, it's still a walk around with sure. a simple narrative. Then into the classroom and office, you know, uh, letting us see the space where instructors meet and have a space to meet with students and uh, maybe even a look into your library or something to that effect. And, and we ask that only because before we make the commitment and to spend all of the dollars to fly out to a program, we just want to validate that the program is actually ready and does contain the elements of a program that can be accredited. Yeah, there's a lot of things to you know look out there, even if it's my own program and I'm wanting to create this video and fill out the application. That's kind of a, a checklist of myself to walk through and go, okay, do I have fire extinguishers in the right places? Do I have, oh, I don't even have eyewash stations. Uh, eyewash stations. Maybe I should stop and regroup on this as a high priority before we even proceed. Uh, or emergency cutoff switches. Uh, you know, there are things that we can look at and go, okay, wow, maybe I'm not as prepared as I thought I was. It is. It's a good clue of if we're asking for it in the video, obviously it should be something that tells you we're going to look at it in person this when the team arrives. Yeah. You know, and I get a lot of I get a lot of comments when I flip the tag on a fire extinguisher. First thing faculty will usually say, Well, that's the responsibility of facilities. And I usually answer by yes, I know, but you're gonna be the one wearing the black eye that's if right. I see that it's expired. It's yeah. up to you to maintain those and, and keep your lab in a safe environment. All right. So we got a nice, you know, preview of what we should be expecting of ourselves. We filled out an application and we've submitted a video of our of our program, our facility. So step one's checked off. Now we move on to step two, which is the team member assignment. Yes. Yeah, so usually after uh, the video is reviewed, and that's usually by one of the team members that handle standards five through nine. That's the technical side of the program because we're the ones looking at the lab and the, and the equipment to see that things meet standards. So once that's happened, we've placed them into the candidacy level 
and and then team members are assigned. We'll decide which one of our 10 member staff or which two of the 10 member staff is going to go ahead and start communicating with the college and arrange what date will actually come out for the site visit. Okay, so we have went through our mental checklist, put our video together on on uh, step one. Step two, the um, the accreditation team has, has looked through the applications and the video, decided that we're ready to assign some people to this assignment. Uh, step three, now we're going to start diving a little bit deeper and do a self-study. Correct. So the self-study, uh, that's the one that became or, or becomes most daunting for faculty members when they take a look at it, because now they're looking at all of the requirements for standards one through nine. Standards one and four being through the administrative side and five and nine, the technical. And you know, when you're when you're that smaller program or you're only one or two faculty members or like I was back in the day, just the only one in the program, it becomes terrorizing to look at that self-study and saying, wow, I really wanna reach this accreditation level for my program and for the college, but this is a little bit well beyond you know my ability as a technician so i i my best advice is is take the self-study and look at it look calmly at each of the standards and then break it down break it down as to there's someone within your organization that is an expert in each one of those standards when it gets to budget and finance go talk to your budget and finance officer show them what the requirements are and they can help you gather that information and send it to you Usually every organization has or college has an office of institutional research. Right. And in that office, you can get the statistics that we're asking for with the number of students that are in your program or the number of graduates that are in your program. Each technical program generally has somebody who takes care of the tool room. Sometimes it's a student worker or sometimes it's a state classified worker. You give that tool list. Here's the recommended tool list. Do we have it? Do you have an inventory of all those tools? Are they arranged neatly and are they accessible to students? So just break it down and look in your own organization who's the expert in each one of these standards and cut it up. And at the end of the day, you'll reassemble it and you'll suddenly find out, wow, my self-study is ready to go. And so there's a there's quite a bit of things that we need to gather there. So it's not something you're going to have put together in a day or two or maybe not even a week or two. So how much time are we allotted for that that process? Well, again, I think the process is based on on how fast you want to do it. Um, we will not uh, begin to um, review or get ready for that site visit until we've had at least 45 days worth of the self-study because the team has to look sure. at it but, but you can take the time you need now it also depends on is this your first accreditation or are you doing a reaccreditation and are you under a time crunch because you're looking at an expiration date but it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all that a, to put together an effective self-study for all of its components and allowing the independent offices within your organization to gather that information to take at least 90 days to get that accomplished. Okay, pretty realistic. A lot of things to go over there. Okay, so we've completed step three. We've done the entire self-study. We've checked through our list of items that we feel are acceptable. Now we're ready to go to step four, scheduling an on-site visit from the accreditation team. Okay, so back in the back of the house, the, the, the team members will communicate with each other. I'll, I'll communicate with my partner. We'll be looking at the calendar and see 
possible dates that work for us to do a travel. And at the same time, that team leader, he is then working with the uh, academic vice presidents, the deans, if you will, or the co-chairs of the program and working those same dates that work for them. What is work in their schedule so that they're available and all of the components are available for us to look at when we arrive. Because um, we will we will break up into a few sessions and I think we'll, um, this is probably the time to talk about that is, uh, we'll work with uh, the standards one through four on the administrative side, I'll work with standards five through nine. And then we have groups that we wanna talk to throughout the process, all the way from their website, their administrative, their budget, finance people, student services, and then as well on a technical side, I'm meeting with other groups there with students, advisory boards, and so forth. So once we've agreed on that date, then we will travel with a schedule in hand that begins at 8.30 in the morning, and we define each 30-minute segment, if you will, of what we're expecting to do, what we're expecting to cover, all the way to mid-afternoon when we have our determination or we'll have our uh, exiting strategy meeting with the staff. Okay, so we're not just looking at the functionality of the program from the technical perspective. We're looking at the entire program. It's you know feasibility from funding. It's you know media outreach. We're looking at um, the program to just validate that it is a um, a program that will continue developing um, as time goes along, setting a standard for development. Oh, we do. I mean, uh, my partner who's looking at one through four, uh, he looks at a lot of aspects, the ease of accessing the school's website, how easy, how many pushes are, does it take to get to actually to the air conditioning program, how much information is out there. Uh, he, he looks for a lot of accuracy in all of that. And then he looks at how much money is put into the program. Do they have adequate funds to, to sustain the program? I mean, equipment is expensive. It's, it's you know, HVAC and running a lab is not a cheap date. No, and not at all. And it takes a lot of equipment and a lot of expendables to keep that running. So, so they do look at all of that to see if the program can sustain that and has the adequate funds and needs. And even just student services, scholarships, and things that, that, that make things easy in a student's life in order to stay in the program graduate and be successful. Awesome. So a lot of things that we probably are not looking at as a, you know, many of us were technicians out in the field coming into a program, trying to make a, a program successful and may not have had the roadmap. So it is a complete roadmap to a successful program. That is correct. Once and once all that's done, uh, Clifton, and I guess that'll take us to the final determination. Yeah, step five. Yes, step five. So once we have, uh, and, and we'll start our day a little bit like uh, the, we'll take a complete quick tour of the lab. And this way, the administrative or the front of the house uh, accreditation specialist gets to do a quick tour of the lab just to get a snapshot of what the program looks like. Right. Just That's just a walking tour, just something before he begins to sit down with administrative. And then we separate and I go into the deep dive. When we do come back, we do come back together and that's usually sometime after lunch. And then we will discuss, we'll discuss, are there any recommendations? Or are there any suggestions? Recommendations are a little bit more of a, of a hard line. Some of those are our time compliance recommendations saying, this needs to be done before we can accredit. We find this as a as a big problem. Uh, suggestions are just that, suggestions. Suggestions we make to help improve programs, maybe things we've seen a little better in one part of the country than in another part, so we'll make suggestions. 
And at the end, we will determine that. We'll talk together over the program and decide, is this program viable for a six-year accreditation or not? However, that's not the end of the, of the decision. A lot of people think that is. We make our decision. We write that up into a, a lengthy report. We send that back to ESCO Group. And again, it meets with another board that takes a look at everything that we've found, everything that we've written, suggested, or noted. And then a final determination is actually made that the school has received either a first-time six-year accreditation or a reaccreditation. Fantastic. All right, so very thorough process that is vetted by now a third-party organization being brought back for a secondary review. Um, yes. Quite, quite the extensive, quite the extensive well, evaluation. And there's a little bit more to that, which is which is one of the reasons when I took the college that I worked at through HVAC Excellence, and I did it mainly because of exactly the words HVAC Excellence. Right. HVAC Excellence is is dedicated to the hvac program and there is the ongoing components that at the end of that exiting meeting i will discuss with the faculty and say you know this is not just a chance to sit back for six years some other accreditation companies may do that but not hvac excellence and that's one of the de deciding factors for me there is the component where the faculty member must continue a, a growth plan they must continue ceus throughout the year that comes in in an annual report a lot of places don't even do that. Right. But with HVAC Excellence, we're taking a look at it every year. We want to know, did you hire new people? Are they qualified? Did you buy new equipment? And if so, what did you do? We just want to continue to see that that program is continuing to grow and is continuing to maintain that accreditation. So an annual report is due every year. And then we ask the faculty, we ask the faculty to take tests and to upgrade their own status. You know, full-time faculty, we have what's known as the CMHE. We ask them to pass over a course of time seven of those courses and contain that master's educator's credentialing. And even the part-time faculty, at least to take the CSME, which is a subject matter educator, and at least the field that they are teaching. So if you're teaching gas-fired furnaces, we want them to take the gas-fired Absolutely. We hold them at a little bit of a higher bar the rigor of that test is different than the employment readiness. They need to know that. It's different than the one they give the students. So it has a little more rigor to it. And then it has a higher bar for a pass-fail rate. And then we ask that they continue to work through that throughout that six-year accreditation so that by the time the next level comes around, they have attained enough CSMEs to become a master and continue their growth plan. Fantastic stuff. So there is a thorough five-step program to get us into the accreditation process and evaluation and determination. Dennis Sukup, um, educator, brought into HVAC Excellence for his program, now a, an accrediting officer within the Institute. So shows how far the program can take um, your own development. Um, Fantastic. Any, anything you want to add onto that before we get out of here, Dennis? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Okay. That's a fantastic coverage of our five steps. We thank you all for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again later. Have a great day. Thank you.